Now don't turn your expectors off now. How many know that God is in the house? Amen. Two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of them. Do you know why he comes in the midst of us? Do you want to know why? Because of our prayers and because of our praises and because, listen, he comes to answer our prayers. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when we're singing, amen, you're singing over and over. So, so be, be it, it, so be it, so be it. it. Amen. So be it, you are the healed of the Lord. Yep. So be it, you're the healed of the Lord. So be it, you have whatever you need in a vehicle. So be it. We need to declare, right. so be it. Amen. Amen. Over our lives. Glory to Jesus. Don't even think for a moment that God won't come through for you. He's faithful. He is faithful. Uh, Hallelujah. Uh, uh, glory to God. Glory to God. Well, it's time for our tithes and our offerings. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, please slide a hand up. Praise the Lord. I wanted to share some things with you about last week. If those were here, we had uh, Brother Dana and Liz Nile. And they uh, are part of Ends of the Earth Ministries. And as if you were here, you saw the videos. Whoo! I told them, man, all I need to do, do is watch those videos. And my heart just begins to race. And I, I mean, I got so emotional last week. God is so good. The, the fact that we can have an impact of reaching people we have, will never see, talk to, look at on this earth. Are you listening? They, he, he went to places. I mean, they showed pictures of him going up these, these steep inclines. And I'm saying, brother, I, I don't think I could have made it up there. And I'm just being real. And, and, and it was, I mean, glory to God what he does for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen to what the Bible says. And I know these are very familiar scriptures, but I want you to hear this like you never heard it before. This is... 2 Corinthians 9, 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. The Passion Translation of those verses goes like this. Let my phone work. I guess let me work the phone. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves, God loves a hilarious generosity. God loves hilarious generosity. Oh, glory to God. And so I read those for you because last week, and we didn't have that many people here last week. It was sad. I'm sorry to say it, but you know how much we ended up sending him away with? 50, oh, around $5,700. And, and now get this, over the past two times he's been here, just to his ministry, this church has given over $25,000. Twenty-five thousand. How many would like to have twenty-five thousand dollars? But we sold it. We gave it. We gave it bountifully. 
and we're going to reap bountifully. Oh, I just happened to want to just go with my lightning quick mind and figure out what a hundredfold of $25,000 is. $2.5 million. Do you think we could get stuff done for Jesus Christ with that kind of money? And I was just, I was just going, God, you know, if we're able to raise $5,700 with just the amount of people that were here last week, then what would happen when this church goes to 1,000 people? That's 100, 100 times that would be what? Hundred times, everybody's going. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Hundred times, fifty-seven hundred would be what? Five, fifty, fifty-seven, five point no, fifty-seven million dollars. Is that right? It's a lot of money. Hey, glory to God. God is good. I'm expecting great harvest to come into this church. God sees our hearts. How many love to be a giver? How many love to sow? I, I love it. It's just who I am now. I want to be a bigger blessing. I want, listen, I want more coming into my life. Yes. You're going to go, Pastor Dan, now you're getting off into being selfish. So I can be a bigger blessing. Amen. So I can be a bigger blessing. Amen. I love to bless people. You should have that same attitude because that's your heavenly daddy's attitude. He loves to give. He gives the greatest thing of all time, Jesus. That should be our attitude. Amen. Glory to God. Well, hopefully I stirred you up some. Hold your offerings up and let's pray. So, Father, right now we thank you for the opportunity to bring our tithes and offerings into this holy place, into this local church. We believe as we do so, we can do exactly what you said for us to do is prove you now in this. That you would open the windows of heaven, pour out so much blessing upon us, there's not enough room to contain it all. That's blessed to be a blessing. And glory to God, you go on to say that you rebuke the devourer for our sake, so that all the seed we plant comes back to us a mighty harvest. In Jesus' name, we bind you, Satan, off of the finances of these people, off of my family and me, and off of this church in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And we loose the ministering spirits now, Lord, to go and cause that harvest to come to tap people on the shoulder and say you need to be sowing there you need to be given there glory to God I'm expecting it I'm thanking you for it we are blessed to be a blessing in Jesus name and if you believe it say so be it amen, amen. glory to God hallelujah praise you Jesus um, we do have one first timer I believe as I'm looking around the room Miss Tori over here good to have you here thank you for being here Tori we do usually have you come up and sing if you want to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's like going, oh, I can sing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to dismiss the kids now to go be with Pastor Joan. She's going to take them upstairs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hi, Amelia. Hi, Amelia. Hi. Bye-bye. I know. That's what I get most of the time. Anyway, <laughs> glory to God. Let's pray and we'll get into the Word. So, Father, we thank you now for the opportunity to get into the Holy Scriptures. We ask you, Holy Spirit, as our teacher, to lead us and guide us now into the truth of the Word of God. We're not here to further man's plans. We're not out here to give out religious ideas, the traditions of men. We're here to break open the word of God. And we expect to receive it now. And as we receive it, Lord God, we expect it to change us. 
We expect our hearts to be strengthened thereby. We expect our minds to be renewed so our thoughts align with your thoughts. And glory to God as we do the word. We expect to be blessed because that's what you said would happen in your word. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, um, for those who don't know, um, probably around a month or so ago, I don't know the exact time frame, but I went to the Lord about what's been going on. What's been going on in this church, uh, with my life, uh, a variety of different things. And um, I went to him with the idea of obviously hearing from him. And of course, sometimes you expect him to say certain things. How many have you ever asked God to speak to you and what you, you want him to speak to you is what you want to hear? Am I the only one that ever goes to, says a prayer like that? But anyway, um, what the Lord ended up doing is he leaded, leaded me. It's a new word. I just made it up. He led me to go and listen to a, uh, a message from this particular pastor I had never heard of before. And um, so I went and I started listening to it. And what he was ministering on was faith. And I knew almost immediately in my heart that God was leading me, your pastor, to get back and study faith again. And again, uh, just the other day, I was reminded of this. Your your pastors went to Rhema Bible Training College, where Kenneth E. Hagan was the founder. And one of the mandates Brother Hagan received from the Lord was to go teach my people faith. And as people that actually went to his, his, his school, that is also a part of my mandate as a pastor now, to teach his people faith. And I want to preach faith in such a manner that you're going to be able to receive it. The simplicity of the gospel. I don't want to make this complicated. I want this to be as simple as it possibly can be. Because, see, how many know that we, the just, are called to live by faith? Did you know the Bible talk says that? The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. There's actually four different places where it says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Habakkuk 2.3. We're called to live by faith. We're called to live by faith. Not just when there are hard things we're facing, or, you know, things coming against us. Things that are challenging, the trials of life. We're called to live by faith 24-7. I am convinced that probably one of the biggest issues or challenges for most Christians isn't the things they face in life. It's because they don't do that. What am I saying? Because if you're being tanked up on faith, in other words, how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that means you're constantly in the Bible. You're reading your Bible every day. You're, you're reading devotionals every day. You're spending time with God around his word every day. You're building your faith up every day. So then when the challenges come, you look at the challenges and say, Oh, the devil messed up this time because I'm going to whoop him with the faith I have in my heart. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. We're called to live by this faith. We're called to face the challenges of life with this faith. The Bible goes on to say, and I'm not sure where it's at, but it's in, in Hebrews, where it talks, what comes, how do we overcome this world? 
Well, how do we overcome this world? How do we overcome the things in this world? With our faith. Isn't that amazing? Do you think faith is important for us to study and get a hold of? Go with me this morning. Glory to God. To Matthew chapter 9. And as you go there, let me say one more thing about this before we actually get into this. The Bible also says in Hebrews eleven six that it's impossible. Impossible to please God without faith. If you're like me, I want to please him. For all he's done for me in my life, for the many things he's done for me. <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I know you've heard me say this before, but man, I just, it just kind of rushed over me. Because I've sold out to him, because I'm living for him, because I'm endeavoring to live that life of faith he's wanting me to live, he blesses me so much. I said he blesses me so much. And, and, and I, what, I, what, I, what ended up happening is I looked at my wife again. She's not in here, so she can't yell at me. But I, I, I looked at her, and I came to the realization again, she's living proof that living by faith works because she's such a blessing to me. She, um, I guess, hear me now. My spouse, my wife is such a blessing to me. Because I've chosen to live for God. And I've chosen to please him by living a life of faith. We should be so excited by the many things God has done for us in our lives. Because see, the Bible actually says there in, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must. Everybody say must. This isn't an option. Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. I, that's who he is. Do you, do you want to know why it's impossible to please God without faith? How many of you, uh, um, I think what it comes down to is this. He's our heavenly daddy, right? And it, to look down from heaven and see the way his children, us as Christians, are living right now, so far below our privileges in Christ. Just barely scraping by. Just accepting whatever the world throws at us. Sickness and disease that the, the enemy throws at us. We just accept it. After all he's done for us, by giving us Jesus to go and die on the cross for us for our sins, he not only took our sins, he took our sicknesses and our diseases, he took all of our bondages, he took everything of the enemy and went to that cross and died for you and me. And yet how many Christians do never take advantage of our privileges in Christ, of the many things he's done for us through his redemptive work. And the only way we can do that is through our faith, with our faith. Amen. I mean, how many of you, what if, how many of you, when you become parents or if you're already a parent, what do you want for your children? Don't you want your kids to be more blessed than you are? Yeah. To live a more blessed life than you do? To be able to live successfully? To live victoriously? Amen. Well, I want to tell you something. As much as you love your kids, our Heavenly Father loves you even more. Yeah, 
He loves you with an unconditional, an everlasting love. And so he wants you to live victoriously. He wants you to live in health. He wants you to live free. Glory to God. And he's made a way for us to do that through what Jesus Christ did through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's already a done deal. These things have already been given to us. Yet how many Christians never take advantage of it? Isn't that sad? But that's not us, is it? That's not us. Because, see, you're being taught how to grab onto those things that already belong to you. We do it by faith. And when we do it by faith, when we're living by faith, Heavenly Daddy is looking at, at, at Jesus' son, and they're just smiling. Man, did you see that? He just stepped off of that cliff in faith, knowing I'd be there to catch him. Glory to God. I want to be that kind of man of faith that God can tap on the shoulder and say, I've got an impossible situation that needs to be taken care of on this earth. And you know, I got this, but I need some a vessel down there who's going to hop on the, the bandwagon and going to become useful for me. Someone who's going to take me at my word. Someone's going to step off and do the impossibility. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. So you guys ought to be saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Now, now, if you mean that, be ready. I said be ready. Because I'm telling you right now, we're living in some dark times. And we're living in a time, listen, the devil's back's against the wall and he's coming out flailing. And he's going to try to take down as many people as he possibly can, especially Christians. Did you hear me? I believe that Satan really doesn't, it doesn't really bother him that much that we get born again. What bothers him is after we get born again, people who start living for God, sold out to Jesus Christ, taking advantage of all that he's done for us, and then glorifying him by their lifestyle. Amen. Do you understand how I'm saying that? So what does he do? He tries to make it people, Christians, believe that, well, maybe God will do it for you. Maybe God won't. Can I just say this with as much gumption that's in me? That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because if it wasn't God's will to do these things, guess what? He would have never given us Jesus. That's all. He didn't have to do nothing. I know that's not good English, but who cares? We didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to do anything. And we'd be on a highway to hell. Not trying to give ACDC a plug, but, <laughs> but it's the truth. But he gave us Jesus. I love my creation so much, my prized creation so much. I'm going to give him my very own son that he's going to go down there and show them how to do it, how to live that life of faith, how to give himself totally to me, how to do those things in accordance with my will. And now, as born-again believers, we're supposed to be doing what Jesus did. He who believes on me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. I say that, and you know I say it all the time. Because I'm expecting to do the works of Jesus. Amen. See, when I come up here to preach, I don't come up here just to give you a bunch of, of, of real, you know, 
oratorical skills, win you over with my words. I'm here to preach the word with accompanying signs and, and, and wonders. And the only way we're going to get those accompanying signs and wonders, listen, is through our faith. Be believing for it. Setting the atmosphere, charging the atmosphere with our faith and expectancy. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Boy, I sure I'm getting off of everything but my message, but glory to God. Whoo. Thank you, Lord. Well, the Lord has led me to start. <laughs> She's pointing somewhere else, my daughter. Anyway, we're starting a new series, and I've titled it According to Your Faith. Go with me to, oh, are you already there? Matthew chapter 9. Whoo. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, is that the right scripture? Yes, Matthew chapter 9. I want you to, are you ready to receive? Amen. Are you expecting to receive? Yes. Are your expectors turned on? Yes. Amen. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, have you ever thought about this? First of all, the Bible says they followed him. Well, how in the world could blind people follow him? Seriously. So they had to have somebody guiding them to follow Jesus, correct? Now, notice they also said, have mercy on us. So did they ask for the wrong thing? Well, you would think they would have said, Jesus healed my blind eyes. But they said, have mercy on us. Do you know that healing is a mercy of God? Amen. He's the father of mercies. That's plural. It's not only for getting forgiveness from God. It's also being, being forgiven of bad decisions we've made in life. I mean, financial decisions. Uh, uh, it's it's for, for healing. And everything else that we need in this life, his mercies come to us. Thank God he's a merciful God. I say that all the time as well. My God is a good God. And his mercy endures forever. Now, see... Maybe me and my lightning quick mind, I know I've got a lightning quick mind. I just love to say that last word. His mercy endures forever. How long is forever? forever? His mercy never ends. That's my God. Have you ever thought you've messed up too many times? That's it. Sorry, you're done. His mercy is over with you. Just quote the scripture to him. My God's a good God. His mercy towards me endures forever. forever. See, I get, oh, man, I'm getting so happy up here. And you guys, I need you guys to get as happy as me this morning. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's known as the father of mercies. Glory to God. Listen, mercy has nothing to do with receiving something that we deserve. Do you hear what I just said? Mercy is receiving something we don't deserve. So in other words, the next time the devil jumps on your shoulder after you've missed it and said, ah, that's it, too bad, you don't deserve it anymore, you don't deserve it anymore, you know what you need to say is you're right. I don't deserve it. But because of my good God's love for me, he gave me Jesus, his son, and now by my faith in him, I have his mercy enduring to me forever. Oh, hallelujah. Are you getting that? Don't let the devil run roughshod over you. There are people in this room, 
I don't know who you are. I'm just going to look up so nobody thinks I'm talking about you. But you have had a pattern in your life of messing up. It could be a bondage. It could be something else. I want you to know this. The devil wants you to quit and give up. The devil wants you to throw in the towel say, to tell you you don't have what it takes. You will continue to stumble in this area the rest of your life. It's a part of your life forever. Listen, if you allow the enemy to come and feed you those kinds of thoughts, well, you're missing him big time. I don't deserve anything from God, but because of Jesus, it now belongs to me. And for me to fail to take advantage of that is to simply succumb to the lies of the enemy and allow him to dictate what he wants for my life, which is stealing, killing, and destroying. That is not going to be the way I live my life. I don't care how many times I've missed up. Missed up. See, even change the word sometimes. I don't care how many times I've messed up. I don't care how many times I've messed up. I call upon the blood of Jesus. Listen, have greater faith in the blood of Jesus than in the, the, the sins you may have committed in your life. Yeah. Your sin's not greater than the blood of Jesus. Sure. The amount of times you miss it isn't greater than the blood of Jesus. Jesus took all our sins. Everybody say all. all. He took them all upon himself. When he, he was made sin with your sins. All of them. Can't comprehend that, can you? Have you ever felt bad after sinning? I'm telling you, some, I mean, I'm, sin will lead you to death. The wages of sin is death. So if you find yourself continually, continually entering into sin, friends, you've got to get a hold of this. And you've got to get to the place where you come to the realization, listen, God, I've messed up so many times in this area. Mm, my goodness. I don't know who this is for. There might be more than one person in here. You've messed up so many times in your life that you have beaten yourself up, or really it's the enemy, but you've allowed the enemy to get you over into guilt and condemnation. And you start to feel bad. And you start to feel, you know, instead of running to God, you start to run from God. I'm here to tell you right now, this is where you got to take the bull by the horns, and stop allowing the enemy to run roughshod over you. This is the time and place where you need to put your foot down and say no more. No more. By your grace. This is what I prayed earlier. We come before the throne of grace to receive mercy, forgiveness of sins in this case, but also to receive grace in our time of need. What is grace? Grace is God's empowerment to do what we can't do on our own. But you got to learn to tap into it with your faith. You need to know that. Hallelujah. Get back up. You want to slap the devil in the face? How many want to slap the devil in the face? Get back up immediately and say, no. Father God, forgive me and receive the cleansing flow of the blood of Jesus over your life. And what's going on is the Holy Spirit has the devil and he's going. See, that makes me, makes me happy too. To recognize and understand that no matter what the devil throws at me, he's a defeated foe. No matter what he tries to tell me, he's the father of lies. 
So no matter what he tries to throw at me, no matter what he tries to tell me, you're defeated. You can't do anything but gum me. I might get some of your slobber on me, but that's it. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Than he that is eternally defeated. Glory to God. I got the greater one in me. And not once when I've messed up did he say, up, 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 ooh, got to go now. Can't stay here anymore. You've messed up too many times. I am the Holy Spirit and what you just did wasn't holy. How many know that's true? That is true. That is true. If you've entered into sin. What he'll do though is he'll come and he'll convict you of sin. And when that conviction comes, he'll never bring condemnation. Condemnation comes, that's from the devil. Guilt and condemnation is from the devil. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. None. None. So what do you do? When he comes with the guilt and condemnation, uh-uh. Father God, I've messed up. Forgive me. In accordance with 1 John 1, 9, I confess my sin to you. And I thank you, Father, you're faithful and just to forgive me, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I now stand in your presence again, justified. Just as if I had never sinned at all. Ooh, slapping the devil in the face. I'm telling you, this is something that will, this is something that a lot of people need to be hearing right now in the church world. Because there's a lot of people who are messing up. Oh man, I didn't mean to say it that way, God, but that's truth, isn't it? There are a lot of people who are doing things they're not supposed to be doing. There are a lot of Christians who are right now entertaining the things of the world. There's a straight Holy Ghost. And this is not in my notes. There are too many Christians who think it's okay to get, a, get into things they know they shouldn't be doing. There's a conviction in their hearts not to do that, but they go ahead and do that because, now listen, they do know God's merciful. God will forgive them. How many know that's true? But how many know because of the fact that he's forgiven us and the blood of Jesus is greater than any sin we will ever commit, the fact that he died on the cross for having been made my sins, doesn't that make you want to live for him all the more? Doesn't that make you fall more in love with him? Do you understand how I'm saying this? I'm not speaking guilt and condemnation to anybody. But what I am saying is this. We're living in a day and age where we got to make a choice. Are we going to jump into to what God's called us to do with both feet? I don't want to go before Jesus on judgment day and stand there and hear him say to me, why didn't you do this, Daniel? I want to stand before Can I say this? This is all for free. When you stand before Jesus, he's not going to bring up your past mistakes. He's not going to bring up your sins. That's under the blood. That's the reason you can stand before him. Amen. Amen. But he will ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And if you're so caught up in the ways of the world, oh my goodness gracious. If you're so caught up in the ways of the world, there's no way you can be doing what God's called you to do. Kind of blunt, but it's true. Are you listening? I don't know why I got off on that, but somebody needed to hear that. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Because of my faith in Jesus and his redemptive work, 
even though I don't deserve it, he's going to bless me anyway. He's going to heal me anyway. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now notice what happens next. Did Jesus stop immediately and heal him right there? He doesn't, does he? Verse 28 continues, and when he had come into the house, speaking of Jesus, Jesus continued into a house. Now, the Bible does not tell us the house was right there. It could have been. It could have been in another town for all we know. It could have been on the other side of a town. But Jesus entered into a house. How many know that when Jesus went places, crowds followed? And we're talking about two blind men here, like I said earlier. We're not talking about people that can see where Jesus is going. We're talking about people who can't see, right? But notice how this impacted the two blind men. The blind men came to him. Friends, I'm telling you what. They were going to follow him no matter where he went to get what they came for. Listen to this. Faith is persistent. Faith, faith keeps at it. And even though you may not immediately see the manifestation of what you're believing for, faith keeps going. Faith keeps standing until the full manifestation of what you are believing for. Amen. Amen. We got to be like these two blind men. I'm going to get what I came for. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So the blind men followed Jesus into the house. Notice what Jesus says to them. Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Now, obviously, they believe that. Why? Because they followed him. They were going wherever he was going. And obviously, they had heard about Jesus. I mean, why else would they have been following him except they heard that Jesus was going about healing? And they probably heard Jesus had healed some blind eyes. Are you hearing me? So, but they, they, they what, what, what am I trying to get to? If they heard about Jesus, what's happening? Faith is rising. Faith has risen up in their hearts. That's why they're going, yes, Lord. When Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to? Yes, Lord. We know you can do this. We know you can do this. That's why we're here. We know you can do this. Hallelujah. Woo. Then, verse 29 He touched their eyes, saying, according to my power, let it be done to you. It's not what it says, is it? Then he touched their eyes, saying, if it's the will of my Father, let it be done to you. He doesn't say that either. He says, according to your faith, let it be to you. Mm. Let it be to you according to your faith. See, this should be getting a lot. When I was listening to this pastor preach this, and he said those words, it was no longer that pastor preaching it. It was Jesus preaching to my heart. Let it be to you according to your faith. Let it be to you according to your faith. Oh, thank you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is so important. This is one of the most important statements that fell from the master's lips. According to your faith. Everybody say, according to your faith. Let it be to you. Everybody say, according to your faith. Let it be to me. 
in the other, pla other places in the Bible, the Lord also emphasizes the individual's faith as being the reason for them getting what they came for. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. Yes. Your faith has made you well. According to your faith, let it be to you. Your faith has made you whole. Why isn't this brought out more? Yeah. <laughs> because we have an enemy who works overtime to hide this truth from Christians. Why does he do so? Because he knows this is how we get miracles. Right here. Think about these two blind men. They came to Jesus after hearing about Jesus. They were going to get to Jesus. Again, I don't know how if there was a big crowd or not. But see, when I know how Jesus was and wherever he went, crowds followed. How many know that's true? Yeah. So this could be a huge crowd. And these blind men are standing. They can't see. So they have to be hearing something. They're, maybe their friends are telling them, wait a minute. Here he comes. Here comes the one who healed that blind friend of yours over in the other town. Here comes the one who has cast out demons. Here comes the one who does all kinds of miracles. Here comes Jesus. Whoa! Them blind people say, okay, whoop. They throw them cloaks off and say, let me get to him. Let me get to him. I'm going to follow him. Take me to where he is. I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to get to Jesus. I don't care where he goes. I'm going to him. Because, see, when they got to him, what happened? They got what they came for. They got what they came for. And even though God's power is a part of it, how many know that's true? And even though it is God's will, that's true. You got to know it's God's will. He didn't mention that as the reason they got what they got. Oh, goodness gracious, Pastor Dan, can it be this easy to receive a miracle from God? I didn't say this. Jesus said it. Let it be to you according to your faith. There is nothing, absolutely nothing God has called us to do or who God's called us to be. That our faith can't get it for us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. People are believing for houses. People are believing for, 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 for cars. People are believing for healing. But, mm, oh, my goodness, I really don't have time. Do you, can I go to one other place? Do you mind? Can I, can I keep you? Because I want you to hear that. I'll, I'll close with this set. I'm not going to go through my whole message. Let it be to you according to your faith. Your faith. Everybody say, I've got faith. Can I just kind of get way ahead of myself and ask you another question? How does faith come? Comes the same way that came to those two blind men. They had to hear about Jesus. That's how faith comes. But guess what? Do you think those two blind men went to school? Do you think those two blind men could read? I don't think they had Braille back then. Do you, I, I know it's funny, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah. We get this, this idea, I've got to spend all this time studying the Bible in order to have enough faith to get what I need from the Lord. When two blind men show up who could not even read, who probably had just heard about what Jesus had done in another town, show up and say, that's all I need. Yeah. I said, that's all I need. And when they came before Jesus, is that all they needed? Well, I, I believe the Bible goes on to say, and their eyes were opened. Yeah. And Jesus didn't say 
it was because of God's power. Jesus didn't say it because it was God's will. He said it was because of their faith. Woo! Can it be this simple? Then why have we complicated it? Why have we made it to, well, when you reach a certain level of faith. Of course, nobody ever tells you what that level of faith is. Why don't we just go by what Jesus said? If you had faith the size of a mustard seed. You will say to this tree, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it would be done. Yeah. Sounds like just, oh, I, I just heard that Jesus is healing. That's, that, that's a mustard seed. Oh, I got, that's all I need. Amen. Or like the woman who came to Jesus, and Jesus was saying, you know, I came to, to the, give the bread to the children of Israel. And she looks at Jesus and said, but I, all, I need is the, all I need is the crumbs that fall from the table. And Jesus, I, I guarantee you, he just started smiling big. And he said, woman, according to your faith, your daughter is now whole. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. It don't take some huge amount of faith. I got, I, I got faith in me. You got faith in me. You know that faith is in us when we get born again? And then what we do with it is up to us. But the point I'm trying to make is if those two blind men could get healed on just an itty-bitty amount of faith, then why shouldn't we be able to get healed the exact same way? Jesus, oh, glory to God. And this is, listen, this is not something that, that, that upsets him, that makes him mad at us because we're taking advantage of him. Friends, we are taking advantage of what he's done. And if you study the Bible, you'll find out that's how he gets glory. I want to bring him glory. How about you? Glory to God. According to your faith, let it be to you. The devil's done a good job. He's deceived a whole bunch of Christians. In fact, there's many preachers preaching from the pulpit today that God may heal you and God may not. God may bless you and he may not. Can I just say this? I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say because what I'm fixing to say is true. That's, that's a straight lie from the pit of hell. That is not in the Bible. That is religion coming up with an excuse for a reason somebody didn't get healed. But that's not the Bible. I said that's not the Bible. What ends up happening is a reason a person may not get their healing is because they were not in a position to receive their healing. As a minister of the gospel, it's my responsibility. And listen, you too have a responsibility to do this with your loved ones. If they're not in a position to receive it, you need to position them to receive it by showing them what the Bible says. Amen. Are you listening? I, I must tell off on my, my, my sister. I don't think she'll mind. She said this to me. I believe that God is, 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 is the healer. I believe he's still, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I don't think I'm worthy. With that mindset, she was not in a position to receive. What did I do? Say, oh, no, what are we going to do? I told her what the Bible said. I told her that her worth is based upon the price that was paid for her. And there's no greater price that was paid for her than the blood of Jesus. That she's worthy. She may not feel worthy. Have you ever felt, uh, do you always feel worthy? But are you worthy in the eyes of Almighty God? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Do you think this is getting in me? Woo-wee. All right, one more place. I'm sorry. Go to Mark 9. I'm not sorry. Glory to Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Everybody say it again. Let it be to me. Let it be to me. According to my faith. 
Now this is uh, right after Jesus had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And so he's been experiencing the glory of God. And then he comes down and this is what's going on. Verse 14, Mark 9, 14. When he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then the crowd, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Jesus' disciples had prayed for this boy, but it got no results. Now, does that prove that it wasn't the will of God for this boy to be healed and delivered? Well, obviously not, because a couple of verses later, he gets healed and delivered. So, just because someone is prayed for and he doesn't get healed, doesn't mean that's God's will for that person. Are you listening? Again, it comes down to this. They need to get in a position to receive what is already theirs. Verse 19, he answered him and said, now notice, this is Jesus' reaction. He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? What does Jesus identify as the problem? No faith. Faithlessness. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Thank God when men fail, we have someone we can go to who will never fail. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. Verse 20, then they brought him to him. When he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So even when this boy was brought before Jesus, those very same things that the father had said had happened just started to happen in front of Jesus. So don't be surprised sometimes when you're praying for somebody, when all of a sudden they start to act out and do the very things that they've been doing before. It happened in the ministry of Jesus right here. Isn't that true? Verse, where am I? So he asked the father, verse 21, how long has this been happening to him? I just love that. Jesus doesn't get freaked out by it, does he? He's so cool. He just simply looks at the father and says, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he throws them both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Now notice what this father says to Jesus next. But if you, Jesus, can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Friends, right there is where so many Christians are today. They plead with God to help them. And even though they may be sincere and hurting, they think everything is up to God. If you can, if you're able, have compassion on me. Help me. If it's your will, have compassion on me. Help me. And then they'll sit back and wait on the Lord to see if he'll help them or not. If he does, then it's God's will. If he doesn't, then it's God's will. It's all up to him. But notice how Jesus responds to him. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, well, I hope you wear your shouting clothes. This is so good. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, I want you to notice something here. The literal translation of this verse should say, 
If you can, believe. If you can, believe. All things are possible to those who believe. If you, what you mean, what you, what you talking about? If you can. It's up to you to believe. And if you believe, all things are possible. All things. All things are possible. All, all things. Oh my goodness. All things are possible. To him who believes. Does that include things the doctors have said are incurable? Does that include things that are unfixable? Does that include things that are too far gone? Does that include things that are too big and too insurmountable? Does that include things that are possible in the eyes of man? Well, it's impossible for you to have a church building. You don't have enough people. You don't have enough money. Let me just say something real clear. I believe that what my God has spoken to my heart. No, I just want to start that over again. I believe the things God spoken to my heart. That's called faith. I believe that what God spoken to my heart is coming to pass. The very same God who called me here, the very same God who's kept us while we've been here is the same God who's bringing us our own church building. And it's not going to be a broken down shack. It's going to be a glorious place where the glory is poured out and where lives are changed, where miracles are happening because it's going to be a church full of faith. Amen. Glory to God. Can you tell this is getting me happy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it possible? I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. Is it possible even when the doctor's report is telling you you only have a short amount of time to live that you can live another 20 or 30 years without any symptoms of all? All things are possible to those who believe. Is it possible, even if you have bills stacked to the ceiling, you have no idea how you're going to get out of debt. Is it possible to be completely out of debt like that? Just like that. All things are possible to those who believe. Is it possible, even if you've been bound to drugs or alcohol, pornography, whatever, it seems like your whole life, to be delivered and set free just like that? All things are possible to those who believe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All things are possible. Oh, does God, does Jesus, what's the word I'm looking for? Does he exaggerate? Does he make things bigger than they really are? Or does he always speak truth? If that's the case, and he says all things are possible, no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what disease you may be facing, no matter how much the, the doctors are telling you you don't have a chance, no matter how bad things look, no matter if it looks like you're getting worse instead of better, is it true for you to rise up out of that hole and healthy? Yes. Yes. Is that a part of all? Yes. All things. All things. All things. All things are possible are possible to those who believe. I guarantee you this much, friends. You get a hold of this, it'll change you. If you can, Jesus is saying that to you right now. God, can you do this for me? If you can, believe. Believe. 
believe. All you got to do is believe. Take me at my word. I can't lie. It's impossible for me to lie. If I said it, I'm going to do it. I'm not like men who have to repent. I never lie. If I said it, I'm going to do it. God's faithful. He looks over his word to perform it in our lives. All he needs to do for us to do what? Step out in faith. According to your faith. Let it be to you. Are you guys getting this? Oh, my goodness. Again, I want to just rip my shirt off. Have me the big F letter there. Faith, man. (laughs) Glory to God. I know that's funny, but shouldn't that be our expectation? That wherever we go, no matter what we face, faith is going to come rising up in us. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want you to say this when we say, I believe. I believe. That's, me. That's me. All things, All things are, possible are possible for me, for me. to me, because I, I believe. I believe in God's Word. I believe, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in what Jesus has done for me. I believe in the blood of Jesus. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I believe that what Jesus Christ has purchased for me belongs to me. And with my faith that comes from his word, I will receive it. All things, all things are possible. I was just pondering this and meditating on this, and I was saying, God, God, you know where I'm at in this. I'm studying this, and glory to God, it's getting in me. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness. See, what ends up happening now, get me, now hear me now, is the enemy's going to come. I wish he would. Yeah, well, see, that's the attitude right there. But listen, this is, well, that's how you got to respond. But he's going to come. And he's going to try to take you out. He's trying to kind of steal the word from your heart. So it's going to be up to you. Are you going to let him? No. Are you going to let him? No. Or are you going to stomp your foot and say, what are you doing, you stupid idiot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I just call the devil a stupid idiot? He's, not. he's pretty stupid <laughs> to go against the most high God. Yeah. He's a defeated foe. That's right. He can't, listen, yeah. he, you know that he can't destroy your life. Right. He can't kill you. Unless you let him. Did you hear what I just said? God has set before us life and death. He set before us blessing and curse. Those things don't choose us. We choose them. I heard that said the, uh, a minister was over at Life Church said that. And it was so good. I don't know about you, but I choose life. I choose, I choose the blessing. I refuse death. I refuse the curse. Are you listening? Be it unto us. Be it unto you. Be it unto me. According to our faith. Do you see why God got us back on this? Are you excited about this? I'm telling you, if you keep coming, your faith's going to go boop, 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 boop. And you're going to find yourself, listen, you're going to find yourself doing the very things you've been wanting to do, the miraculous. Signs and wonders taking place. Now we're going to do, so we're going to teach on faith a little bit, because there's people have wrong, but you know, you know, one of the biggest hindrances to faith is time. 
Because when they stand and they believe God, I'm really, they release their faith for it and it takes time before it to manifest. I guess it didn't work. Were you in faith? Because if you are in faith, then you've already got it. Because with your faith, you take a hold of it, it's in the spirit realm. Now you're bringing it from the spirit realm into this natural realm, into this, this, this realm all around us. But that just because it takes time doesn't mean it's not happening. Because if you are in real Bible faith, you've already got it. Oh, I'm getting off, but I'm sorry. I'm starting to preach again. Woo! All day. We can stay here all day. And I'm telling you, this is something that will change us. It's changing me again. I'm, God, I'm so thankful. I am so... Mm-mm-mm. I just He's been speaking things to my heart, and I have been crying like a baby lately. I mean, just, I mean, because it's cool when God speaks to you. I don't know if you've ever had that when he speaks to your heart and you know it's him and he's speaking. And all of a sudden, man, it hits me and it, I, mean, I just start weeping because the things I've been believing for are coming to pass. And there's some big things I've been believing for and I haven't seen them manifested yet. And so what I'm going back and stirring my faith up again and getting myself to that position where mm, 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 it's coming to pass. Because all things are possible to those who believe. Let's pray. Father, thank you right now for the word that has come forth. My prayer, Lord God, is that everybody in this room and all you listening via live stream are getting a hold of this and recognizing and understanding what you can do with your faith is impossible. Do the impossible. What the doctors say is impossible what any other man, woman, or child says impossible with God is a mere possibility. With our faith, we can do the impossible. According to your faith, let it be done to you. I'm expecting to do these things, Lord, to glorify thy name, to bring you glory and honor. My heart's cry is not to have people look at me and say, oh, look at you. My heart's cry, and you know this, God, is to bring you glory. To always point it back to you, my Jesus, because you deserve it all. You deserve it all. Hallelujah. I love that song, I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for being here right now in this place. There are people in this room, the Lord is saying, who have struggled. You've wondered, why, God? How come I've never seen the answers? And God is saying to you, if you take me at my word, you can count on it. It's coming to pass. What has been taught this day will change you if it is applied in your life. When the challenges rise up, don't go to man, come to me. And I will give you the direction you need for your life. I will lead you and guide you into the truth of my word. I will empower you to do things that could not be done, could not be done with the strength of man, with the wisdom of man. I will lead you and guide you into my truth that will build up faith in your heart. And with that faith, 
it will come to pass for you. Let it be to you according to your faith. Believe. All things are possible to those who believe. Hallelujah. Thank you, my God. I worship you and I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Now with our eyes closed and nobody looking around, please. I just want to take a moment. And I know we're Christians in this place. But I don't know where everybody's at. I ask you to close your eyes because I want this person or whoever it is to understand it's not between anybody else but them and God. And there's people here who have to make a choice, a decision. I'm going with you, God. I've been doing things I shouldn't be doing. I need to get right with you. Again, eyes are closed. I want the people up, 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 up there. I don't want anybody's eyes open but mine. Not ushers, nobody. This is serious. The Spirit of God is in here. If you need to get right with God, if you need to make an adjustment in your heart, you want to come home to the Father's house and say, God, I'm coming with everything that I am, both feet into the kingdom of God to live for you, to serve you, to live for others, to bless others, to be used by you, to touch and impact others. With nobody looking around, I want you to simply raise a hand up. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else will say, that's me. I see that hand. Once hands are raised, you can put them back down, but already three hands have gone up. Anyone else will say, that's me. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. I see that hand. I think that's five hands that have gone up. You need to get right with God. You need to stop doing what he's told you not to do. God wants to do things through you. God wants to do things for you. But he needs you to make that quality decision. I'm going to live for you, God. Sold out to you. Is there anybody else? I'm not going to hold it much longer. I see that hand. Anybody else will say, that's me. I see that hand. That's seven hands that have gone up. Anybody else will say, that's me. Looking around the room, examine your heart. Again, I'm, you don't know who raised their hands. But if you need to raise your hand, now is the time. Anybody else? I'm going to stop this. Anybody else? Okay, I want everybody to look up. And what we're going to do now is we're going to pray together. We're family, right? And as family, we're going to pray this prayer with one accord, with one mind, one attitude. I want everybody to take your hand and slide it up to heaven. And I want you to say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him to this earth to be made sin with my sins. For dying on that cross, shedding his innocent blood for me. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my King. And I recommit myself to you. Completely, totally sold out for you, Jesus. Now, I ask you, Father, to forgive me for doing things my own way. Making wrong choices, I ask for mercy. I receive right now, by faith, the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. I thank you for that cleansing. 
I now stand before you justified, just as if I had never sinned at all. And Heavenly Father, I receive your grace that will enable me to overcome any challenge, any temptation that might come my way. I'm going to live for Jesus. And I believe I'm going to fulfill what you've called me to do, who you've called me to be with your faith, the faith I now have in me, my faith, my faith, my faith. I can do all things with my faith. I expect to do the impossible with my faith. And I give you praise for it now. I do these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Ooh, boy, is there an anointing in this place. Thank you, worship team. That was awesome today. Ooh, hallelujah. Um, what are the, you know, as your pastor, I can just say these things because obviously I can't make you do these things. But um, you need to spend more time with the Lord. You need to spend more time reading the Bible. I know some people don't like to read. Do you know that they have Bible on audio? And I, personally, I don't like that because I like to take my time and read it because then I can go study it out and, you know, take me to another scripture and so forth and so on. But if that's what you need to do, then do it. Be listening to the Word of God. Listen, make it easy. Just listen to the New Testament. Not saying that the, bad, the Old Testament is bad, but we're under a new covenant. Amen. That's what the New Testament is all about. It's, a new, it's for us. The, the, the letters are written to us. Amen. Amen. So we need to get in the Bible. We need to read about what Jesus did. Because when you read about what Jesus did, you can say, huh, I'm supposed to do that. Now, I'm not talking about where redemption is concerned. Only he could have done that. But we can do the works of Jesus because he said we could. Amen. I love to read that. That's what I'm reading about him doing miracles. I'm going, okay, gee, I'm supposed to do that. I'm going to do that. Am I saying that out of... Out of Am I, is, am I wrong in saying that? It's I'm expecting to do what Jesus said I'm supposed to do. And I want you to be like that. I want you, I want you to be building your faith up. Yes. Amen. Amen. You, you do have a new car coming. I don't know how, I don't know where, but you got a car coming, all right? In Jesus' name. I don't know how what happened. I don't need to know everything that happened, but the bottom line is you need a vehicle and it's coming in Jesus' name. Come up here. I'm speaking to you. Yes. I don't know what he said to Ron, but it was a joke. All right, good. Anyway, um, this is his last Sunday. I know. See? 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 He's missing it, isn't he? No, I'm just kidding. Um, he is. He said he's going to go work on his tan. Oh, my goodness. Ron. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He is moving back to Hawaii, and he's going to be there, and he said he's going to stay connected up with us. But I said to him one big thing, one big fallacy about that. How are we going to get our cinnamon rolls and biscuits with you all the way in Hawaii? Come you, visit. You come visit. Hey, man, hey, I've never been to Hawaii. But anyways, I want you all to stretch your hands out this way to Kevin. And let's just, John, why don't you come? Mark, you come. Ron, you come. Um, Casey, you come. James, you come. Kelby, you come. Just surround him right now. Anyone else? All you guys, if you want, just get up here. Surround Kevin. 
Nobody take a picture of this because. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Father, I thank you for bringing this man here for such a time as this. We thank you that we were able to connect hearts with him. And, and Lord, that's probably the biggest struggle that we have right now. As he steps away again to go back there to Hawaii, we're asking you to bless him as he goes, to keep him safe when he gets there, lead him to a good job, and of course a great church where he's going to continue to be fed the word of God. I just pray, Lord God, for traveling mercies. I just believe that you're going to work everything out for your glory in his life. And I just pray, Lord God, that you will have him stay connected to us somehow, some way. We thank you for it happening now, Lord. We call Kevin blessed, empowered to prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you, bro. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, guys. Thanks for coming out, being a part of this. Hopefully you got as much as I got when I was preaching it. Whoo, hallelujah. Um, you guys are dismissed, but before you go, remember we need help with the breakdown, please. Uh, Tori, thanks again. You're always welcome here. Uh, we're very blessed to have you. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Help with the breakdown. You're dismissed.